whoa you went no contact with your family like you don't talk to them at all nope because they're toxic as fuck are you also the villain for walking away from your toxic family in order to preserve your peace welcome to the character outs podcast where i am on a mission to normalize going no contact with toxic family welcome all you terrible people let's talk about it Welcome back to the Character Outs Podcast. My name is Terry, and I'm so glad that you're here. Tonight is a late night for us girls. I mean, right? Usually where I mean, usually I'm in bed, but it's late. But guess what? The person I have here tonight is I when I got on the phone with her immediately, I was like, I freaking love her. She's full of energy. And most importantly, she is full of healing and pearls of wisdom and empowerment. So today I have with me Gina. She is a women's health advocate and coach. She is a mom of two, and she's been no contact with her mom for collectively 13 years. So you're even further down the road than I am. So I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time tonight, you work three jobs. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> and before we got on here, she's telling me how she's like, yeah, well, I'm, we're, when we're done here, I'm going to take a bath. And then I'm going to read this book because you're studying for a course. And then she's <laughs> going to read this other book. And I was just like, blown away. Uh, just blown away. So welcome, Gina. Thank you so much for being here. Sorry, thank you so much for having me. And I feel honored to sit across from you and Aww. I feel honored to share my story and sort of my journey with your listeners. So um, if you're listening, thank you for listening. So tell me about you today. Tell me about where you are on your healing journey. And then we'll get into the no contact and how you how you got to that point. Sure. Yes. Thank you. Um, so today I um, live with my husband, uh, who I've been with for 28 years. Um, we've been married for 20 years in June. Uh, we have two daughters. Um, my oldest, Emma, is nine and my youngest, Isla, is seven, almost eight. Aww. I live just north of Boston uh, and I've lived here all my life. And I, um, actually, uh, am from a very large Italian American family, uh, raised Catholic, uh, raised traditional Italian where your mother is everything. Um, and, uh, I have over the course of, I would say the last eight years, um, I went no contact with my mother. Uh, when I was pregnant with my youngest daughter. So she's never met my youngest. Uh, and my oldest was about 16 months old. And I went no contact because, you know, it was a lifetime of tantrums and silent well treatment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Silent treatment and tantrums. And the situation that, really, you know, nailed the coffin for me was I was working full time. I work also, uh, I, I'm a women's health advocate and coach, but I also work in uh, drug development. I've worked in drug development for over um, 23 years and I now work in gene therapy yeah. and, and it's uh, a very stressful, grueling line yeah. of work. Uh, and also part of my journey and my personal healing journey was when my father fell ill um, six years ago, uh, I developed physical hip pain and I was prescribed a big surgery and I decided not to do it. And I said, I'm going to heal my body holistically food, therapy. I couldn't walk. Uh, oh my gosh. I, had a, I had a flare up of this in 2023 as well. We'll get to that. But anyways, uh, my healing, I mean, it really started with the no contact with my mother. But then my father passed six years ago. I developed my own Sorry. health crisis. Thank you. 
And um, <clears throat> that was really where I started to focus on unprocessed trauma and how our unprocessed emotions get trapped in our body. And so, you know, I am my immediate family. I am one of two children with my biological parents. My father, my parents divorced when I was nine or 10 years old. My father went on to remarry and had another son. So I have two brothers. I'm actually not in contact with my full brother. He lives with my mother. And wow. he is, uh, uh, he's honestly very abused by her and, um, you know, sort of, and he is also on the spectrum, as is my younger brother, my younger stepbrother. Um, and so I grew up with my parents in a small apartment. Uh, my mother was a yeller. Um, she was physically abusive, emotionally abusive. Uh, she taught me how to um, hate my body, uh, you know, just sort of care about what other people think. Uh, and, you know, uh, she's she sort of like, I always call her a special kind of narcissist because she's, she self-loathes. Yes. Mine does too. But she's never wrong. Oh, same. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So my parents split up at, when I was 10, uh, my father, uh, you know, sort of started an emotional relationship with another woman. And I now, in hindsight, don't blame him because my mother was a nightmare. And um, so he, you know, sought out somebody else who was confident and, um, you know, just really stood in her power. My stepmother, um, even though she's very ill now herself, she was a very strong, powerful woman. And my father always told me how attracted to that he was. But when my when it, when the marriage started to break down, my mother sort of brought me along the ride with her. She showed me all of the evidence of my father's affair. Um, she told me every single detail. She had, you know, what were emotional breakdowns in front of me. And that's sort of where I feel I crossed a line into my parentified role. So at nine or 10 years old, I took on emotional responsibility for her. Um, I, she told me that if it wasn't for me, she would kill herself. She told me that from the age of nine or 10 years old until, you know, well into my thirties. Um, and I didn't really know anything else. I didn't know that this isn't what your mother was supposed to put on you for responsibility. And so this was very normal to me. But amidst this, you know, she really alienated my father from me. And, you know, I believed everything she said. And from then on, my father and I had a very tumultuous relationship through my teenagerhood. Um, my mother was wanted to be my best friend. She bought my friends alcohol. Um, she let me be with my boyfriend in the house in all kinds of ways. Um, and she was, you know, wanted to be my buddy. And it, I sort of see it now as like, she was just so desperate to hold on to me um, mm. and have control, I guess, because she couldn't control anything else. And I think the beginning of the end was really when I met my husband. Really? Uh, yeah, because I started to see that what I grew up in was not normal. Wow. And, um, you, you know, so like, I mean, his family uh, was comparable in dysfunction as mine was. So was he just a little bit more enlightened and did he open your eyes or how did, how did this epiphany happened when you met him 
that you're you were kind of dealing with a a toxic family i think i i thought about this um he really showed me what like unconditional love was he never withheld his love and he's never withheld his love from me he's never once given me the silent treatment um you know we certainly have our ups and downs over the past 28 years but he he physically like in his presence to this day I feel my most safe wow did you ever try to did that ever feel unsettling to you at the beginning especially or did you really embrace that really crazy I was a crazy girlfriend yeah I was sending him like I was away at college and I was mailing him cards every day and I was like I'm holding on to this guy I'm holding on to this guy I was a freshman in college when we met wow and um I held on to him for dear life because no one I mean really nobody is I'm I am this safe I'm not I'm not this safe with anybody but him wow that's beautiful thank you Thank you. I, I am so proud of our relationship and my marriage and, um, it's not perfect. And, um, you know, we have had very strained times and very strained years. Um, but it certainly revolved around me and my mental health, um, and what was going on with my family. Wow. And, um, you know, so, and, and on that note, when I went no contact with my mother, I was working in this, um, you know, very stressful job and I was pregnant and I had Mm -hmm. a toddler and she would watch my oldest Mm -hmm. um, once or twice a week. And, you know, I sort of came home and while I appreciated her helping, it was like I came home to a disaster. Um, You know, the house was a disaster. The baby was kind of a mess and I would just go and clean and, or I would say, you know, Hey, can you not? do this. I'll just take care of it when I get home. And, and my husband said it to her as well. And she then went to my father and complained about me, which this is what one of her patterns was. Nothing was sacred between her and I. Um, There was no loyalty to me. She told everybody my business and our business. And, um, you know, I, uh, for example, I wanted to surprise my greater family that I was pregnant. My husband and I were married for a very long time, didn't plan on having kids, um, and then decided, you know what, we're ready for this journey. And she told people, like, I was, I planned this grand surprise at Thanksgiving, and people were like, oh, yeah, your mother already told us. Your mother already told us. Are you freaking kidding me? And yet you tell a secret of hers and you're dead. I know. Oh yeah, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um wow. So, uh she ended up complaining to my father about me and I called her out on it and I said, "If you have a problem with me, I'm at a place in my life where either we work it out or we're done." Wow. She refused and just like that. It had built up over so many years. Yes. It had yes. built up over so many years. And I called her and texted and said, if you don't work this out with me, it was like the end of a week. And I said, don't come here on Monday if you're not going to work through this with me. Never call me back. Never responded to e- I emailed her. I called her. She didn't come on Monday. Wow. The FDA was at my office. We had no one to watch my daughter. Jeez. My husband called in sick. And uh, I had to go to work. But when we came home, I just looked at my husband and I was like, I'm just so done. And he goes, you know what, Gina? It's been 20 some odd years and I have watched her do this to you. And he's like, and we both were like, she's not doing this to our kids. Oh. Um, so that's when I finally went no contact. But it's it's been a very difficult road. Yeah. I don't regret the road. Mm-hmm. I evaluate it almost daily. Yeah. And 
it gets father more and more complicated the older my daughters get. Yeah. And I reached a point with my greater family. My mother is one of five children. I was incredibly close to my grandparents who were like my parents because my mother was, my parents divorce, everything was so chaotic and unsettling. I stayed with my grandparents a lot. So when they passed, it was like, oh, your grandparents died. But it was like, no, my parents died. No, yeah. My parents died. And then she, out of her four siblings, two of them really had my back. Mm-hmm. And two of them have her back. Mm. The two that had my back passed within a year or two of each other. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I mean, I really, it was my grandmother, my aunt, my father, and my uncle. Like, they were sort of my four pillars. Mm. And they passed all within five I mean five years of each other oh my gosh my grandmother maybe at 10 years of each other I'm so sorry thank you I mean but this this is what's made me Mm -hmm. the passing of these individuals but also what has now happened is is I've gotten to a point where I don't want to be in a room with her I tried going to large family gatherings she's emotionally immature yeah. Uh, she has taken my brother with her on that journey. And I just came to a point where I said, it's really not anybody, but it's between her and I. And I am not going to be in a room where I cannot be my authentic self. Good for you. And what's happened is, is sort of her sisters have supported her. And they're mad at me because I don't talk to her. Uh, Some of them send my daughters money, but they don't want to meet my daughters. And so I've stopped acknowledging those gifts. Best thing to do. And, um, you know, now I I turn down family engagements. And, uh, you know, last year I had a flare up of this health problem, my hip, you know, I couldn't go to things. I was too feeling too bad to go to things. I had another family member come and tell me that they were cutting me off because I was toxic and unsafe. Welcome to the Italian family, huh? (laughs) You're dead to me. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But then we do it for valid reasons and you're an asshole. Pass a cannoli. (laughs) Give me a ravioli and a meatball. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) But it's, it's true. And I mean, I, uh, I mean, I, I am judged a lot for this. I met someone um, at like a, you know, uh, it was like a a dinner, uh, you know, sort of a farm to table dinner down the street. And this woman said something and I said, oh, you know, I actually don't speak to my mother. And she was like, yeah, I've seen stuff about that, you know, like, what is that about? Like, what, no, also Italian. Yeah. Um, what do you say just, in those, in those situations, whether it's family, extended family, friends of family, people who don't know what no contact is, what is your response? That it's one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make and that I sort of make it on an everyday basis. Mm. But I couldn't take the hurt anymore. Yep. I'm so sorry. I would not let this person hurt my children. That's what did it for me too, was I was like, wait a minute, you're hurting me and now I have kids. You're not acknowledging my hurt and now I'm going to expose you to my kids. No way. No way. (laughs) No, and I've just had the experience of my father-in-law passed away. My mother-in-law is not happy with my husband and I because we have reconnected with his siblings, who we were estranged from based on information we got from my mother-in-law that we found out was not true. 
my girls were very close to my mother-in-law and she has not seen them in a year. How are your girls taking that? Uh, my youngest handed me a bracelet that my mother-in-law gave her and said, get rid of this. It's suffocating me because I don't understand how you could give someone a bracelet like this. It said granddaughter. And she goes, I don't understand how you could give me this and then not call me. And my oldest is like, hmm, I miss her, but she moves on. Yeah. And they have written her a letter inviting her to things. And she said, I'm not coming. And that is it. So I've the now seen firsthand, firsthand of that they're you know, doing it. Yeah. Had yep. I not made the choice to protect them from my mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mother was queen of tantrums and mm -hmm. um, silent treatments. Mm -hmm. So this would have happened 10 times over by now. For sure. It's interesting at the beginning, you talk about, first of all, that no contact decision is a buildup. And it's also interesting that, you know, you said it, it was comprised of, the yelling and the the stonewalling and the taking her love away from you. And I found when I went no contact, it was so difficult to put into words. Cause like when, when I would say what happened, I would quickly shut myself down and be like, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. Like every, every part of my childhood wasn't that bad. Like it was, isn't it crazy how we train ourselves to think, no, it was, it was fine. It was fine. And then the further away that you get from it, and then when you have kids and you realize you're saving from it, saving them from it. I mean, don't you find that like, it, it's hard to comprehend and wrap your head around. No, it was really shitty and I didn't make it up and it was uncomfortable and toxic and abusive. And even though I was never punched in the face, you know, like, I feel like so many times people can just absorb it. Because, oh, well, it's, it's not that bad. And it's, it's, you know, it's family, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. I, um, I always think that I always am like, you know, did I overreact? You know, yeah. is this me? And then I replay things. And I really do feel, you know, having had that, um, you know, I was married for so long. My husband and I were in this relationship for so long before we had kids. And I think if I did not have kids, I think I may still be my mother. My mother would still be in my life. I don't know. I can't really yeah. say that. Who knows? But it really was a big turning point when I, I had agree. my children. I agree. And I think, I don't know if this resonates with you too, but as we start raising them and we realize how we were raised, we really realize how fucked up it was. A hundred percent. And, you know, as you were talking, I was sort of thinking, I'm not a perfect mother. Oh yeah. I raised my voice. We talked about it when I got on, we got on, I raised my of course. voice. Of course. But do you know what I do? I take accountability. Mm-hmm. And I promise them that I'm going to keep working on mm -hmm. the things that are my flaws. And that was for me what my mother never did. She actually would own her failures, but she never changed. No. And you know what you and don't do? You don't take your love away from them. You don't take your love. No, I never take. Not I for actually, a second. No. And even... Even with my older daughter, you know, we were in the midst of something before this, we started, I sat down to this and she looked at me and she was like, well, can you just give me a hug? And I said, absolutely. And I like wrapped her and I kissed her and we, you know, we're the opposites. She's my opposite. And, um, I just look at her and I love her so much, but she is my mirror. Wow. She is my mirror. Wow. Tell me about those moments when, because you're Italian, you're boisterous, you know, I feel that in my soul and you're passionately raising your kids and you're at these moments when you are dealing with something that needs to be dealt with, with our kids. At what point in your mind do you shift and say, 
okay, I can't act like my mother, but I have to be stern and I have to punish you and I have to put you in your room, but I'm not stonewalling you. You know what I mean? That balance, like how do you balance how you were raised and how you raise your kids? Oh my, this is such a good question because I actually have thought about sharing just like a social media post. Like no one talks about how hard parenting is when you don't want to parent anything like you were parented. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a non-example, but you don't have an example. So what I'll say is this has been really messy for me. Um, It's been really messy parenting and healing my trauma associated with my upbringing. Um, I actually have gone through 16 hours of EMDR therapy. I highly recommend it. Um, For those of you that don't know, it's eye movement desensitization uh, and reprocessing. Really? Wow. Got that right? So essentially what it is, is you create a timeline of your trauma and your life. And, you know, you wear these sort of devices on your wrists. And with the support of a therapist, you sort of relive some of those traumas. And you send them from one part of your brain to long-term memory, from short-term memory to long-term memory in an effort to calm your nervous system. So through all of what I went through as a child between my mother, the divorce, just the cultural uh, expectations and ways of being of the greater family, I mean, my fight or flight response is on more often than it's not. Oh, yeah. And when I say I'm a woman's health advocate, I think that many of us are stuck in that fight or flight position um, Mm -hmm. in our nervous system. And I know that this is what makes us sick, whichever way, whichever way. And so I pursued the EMDR because... What I was finding was, and it's better since I've been through, went through, through this therapy, I could use more of it. But what I was finding was that no matter when I raised my voice, I was hearing my mother. Holy shit. Because we certainly, I mean, I resemble her. I sound like her. And that's been a whole other part of it is like, I won't not love myself. But even tonight at dinner, I was saying to my daughters, you know, I look like her. I sound like her. I will not hate that. I will not, even though we are no longer, I must love all of myself. That is so beautiful and so (laughs) healing because I had such a difficult time with that too, because I look so much like my mother. I sound like my mother. I am my mother in so many ways, you know, I've got her, her fire, which, you know, there, I mean, there are some things in me and some things, even some parenting things that I have to thank her for, you know, and I, I'll never forget as I started to age and I, I looked in the rearview mirror and I almost passed out and had to take a breath because I saw my mom in the rearview mirror, but I love how you grabbed hold of that and took it back. That's beautiful. How absolutely powerful that you put it in that perspective, that you have to love all of who you are, even though we look like her and we talk like her and there are some parts in her. And my husband has to tell me all the time, I don't know if yours does, Tara, you're not your mom. Like I know you look like her. I know you sound like her, but you're not her. I think once a week he has to remind me of that. My husband says that I have to say it to myself. Really? I say it to myself. I am not her. I am not her. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I want to say, like, I had so much compassion for my mother for so long. Yeah. Same. I, tr- I tried to save her for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was coaching her. I was helping her take care of herself. I was encouraging her to take care of herself. I was begging her to take care of herself. Um, But she just lack of self-love for herself. Yeah. You know, her, her health has deteriorated. Um, I, 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 I hear things here and there about her health and she has approached me about her health. um, So she's reached out. 
since. So she, the last time she, she's, uh, well, when my aunt passed, she tried to connect with me and I refused because my aunt was my mother in so many ways. Um, and then at the end of 2020, she decided to reach out on Christmas day, telling me she didn't have much time left and that she thinks about me and my daughters all the time. And to be honest, you know, at the end of 2020 in the pandemic, I had gone through so much deep healing and isolation that I just verbal diarrhea and an email of a lot of the perspective that I didn't have that I now had and she I I said I you did this you did this this I this was so inappropriate to be doing in front of your daughter and her response was I hope you heal your scars and that was it that is the last time I've heard from her what a punch in the gut you must have like cried how did you feel? I, Punched the wall? Cried? Like, or did you just turn off? Just more of the same. Yeah. She's just hasn't changed. No. Not having will. her daughter or her granddaughters has not changed her. Girl, I, my daughter and I say that all the time. Say it all the time. And we say too, like, she's already missed so much. She's missed the graduations. She's missed the the birthdays. She's miss, she's going to miss my daughter's wedding someday. She's going to miss my other son's graduation. My my baby is almost five. She hasn't seen him since he was one. Like the the moments are just going to keep piling up. And the fact that like I don't know about you, but if if if, if my kids came to me, I I do I do know about you. I apologize. I'm going to take that back. I know you. <laughs> and if we had hurt our kids. We would be like, oh my God, tell me, what can I do to fix it? Like, I'm sorry. I I wouldn't go a fucking day. Not a day. So I I can't wrap my head around the fact, I think for me as a daughter, to know that my mother and father and brother and stepmom have a living daughter on this earth. They don't fucking care. They don't care the pride that that whatever it is and then what's what's like you said the nail in the coffin is you've got grandkids like i can't wait to be a grandmother that would be it for me like just just i i told my daughter i was like i'll i'll eat shrimp and hope to turn pink and stand on one leg and pray i look like a flamingo if, if that's what you asked me to do as a grandmother like whatever you want me to do i'd fucking do it and all we ask is that they be respectful and peaceful and nice and own their shit. Like, did you ever ask your mother for a lot? I don't think so. I don't remember asking her for anything because she never had anything to give. Yeah. I just really, I mean, I actually, I mean, I, I always think about, I wanted to be a cheerleader, but I knew she couldn't afford it. And I just missed out on this experience. I did not ask. Wow. I, that's, I mean, obviously this was like high school time, but I, I took on her responsibilities. I yes. made decisions based on yes. what I knew she, well, she was struggling with, she always struggled with money because my father didn't give her enough money. No, my Same. mother did not know how to manage her money. Same. <laughs> Same. And, and, you know, I, I just sort of always come back to, you know, my girls and, you know, I, I laugh. I actually said, how about I start earning points when I don't yell, right? Like, so yelling is Aww. my thing. And I said, I get a star when I don't yell. And I raised my voice a few times tonight. And I said, you can take my stars away. They said, yeah, we're going to take your stars away. <laughs> but how beautiful that your babies know they can come to you. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I applaud you. Thank, thank you. And actually, I let them say whatever they need to say to me. Yeah. That's so like, Mommy, beautiful. You weren't kind. Yeah. Mama, you weren't kind. Mama, um, I don't like when you yell, Mama. Uh, Mama, I mean, even body, like, I'm, this was another, like, this is a little anecdote, but I was reading, I was read a book in the second grade. And my mother was always overweight. Um, and the book in the book, the character was overweight. And I wanted to tell her about the book. 
but I knew that I had to be cautious with my words. Second grade. Second grade. I didn't choose my words correctly. Shit. And I faced physical repercussions as a result. Oh my gosh. Even though I, and, and, you know, I, I'm very, uh, I talk a lot about energy and our energy channels and our chakras. And I feel like that impacted my throat chakra because I was, and I still have struggled to speak my mind and speak my truth and, um, for fear of repercussion. Yes. And this is what I talk to people and clients about is the energy that we don't get out um, of our bodies yeah. takes up space. I agree. And, you know, yeah, that was the kind of my, my it wasn't safe to be myself in my house. It was a walking on eggshells situation. So when you finally moved out and you, cause you, mm-hmm. you, did you, you know, guess you and your husband moved in together or did you get married and move out? Yeah. So we moved in together, uh, after, uh, we had been dating for five years. Okay. So what was that like? Like not hearing her audible voice. Cause we know her voice is always playing in our heads, but did you really start embracing your authentic self then? Like, did you, or was it a slow process for you? I think it's been a slow process. Honestly, I think that, you know, even when I moved out of the house, she was still giving me silent treatments, like in the house, I was living in the house, Uh my boyfriend was coming over the house, and she was not speaking to us in the house. And so when I finally moved into a place where every day I walked in and was said, How was your day? Yeah. It was like, oh, wow, this is nice. Yeah. This is nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it really was. I, I, I've said to people, my healing journey started when I met my husband because, yeah, you know, the safety and the unconditional love. And, um, you know, we sort of sought refuge with each other from mm. both of our upbringings. And I see it as we, in terms of breaking generational trauma, like mm. we have created our own family and Mm -hmm. you know we're doing we're staying with our unit and um we're doing things the way we want to do them and we're sort of a cross between gentle parenting and you know we're still carrying some of our stuff so worse but we also both worked from the ages of 10 and 12 wow you know working and making our own money supporting ourselves and um, you know, we, we want that for our girls too. Like, so Amazing. we try to come to this happy medium with them. It's so hard. You've, you're balancing so many plates, you know, and you only have so many t- hours in the day to, and all these things coming at you. So you mentioned that your struggle is yelling. So my, <laughs> my struggle still is is the silent treatment. Like that's where I go. I don't even realize it. And it was my husband who was like, Terry, like you don't, you don't talk to me. It hurts. And I couldn't believe that I was actually doing the one thing that was so hurtful that my mom did to me. So how do you work through when you know you shouldn't be doing it? (laughs) And yet it's your innate Light or fight, trauma response. It feels so normal. Well, I'll be honest. I'm very self-critical. I'm very Same. self-critical, and uh, I when I when the, the the volume comes out of my mouth, I'm just like, oh. yeah. I tried. I tried so hard to keep it. I tried. And I, and I, I'm very honest with my girls about it. You know, I said it tonight, I said, I try so hard. I try so hard. I promise you, I'll always try. And I just looked at, I, I just own it. Like I own it. And, you know, I'm a perfectionist Same. and I have to own, this is where I'm not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Among other other things. (laughs) Among other things. Yes. Um, 
but I just sort of own it with my family and um, the silent treatment, you know, sometimes I see it as I don't have anything nice to say, so I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> yes. Or to diffuse an argument, you know, yes. just to walk yes. out. I'm like, I need a minute, you know? Yes. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, am I, am I stonewalling him? Am I, you know, at the beginning of our marriage, like I wouldn't talk to him, like text him throughout the day. And that was my real, like, show you I'm not going to text you throughout the day but it was just just such toxic behavior that spilled over until until like you said I guess you know I like the the notion where we just have to own it and realize we're not perfect because I, I can tend to get into the same mindset too yeah I I will always it's funny people are like well you're trying to be perfect you're trying to be perfect I'm like am I really because no. sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it yeah but at the same time, I also feel like, no, I'm not perfect. I'm actually highly flawed. I'm very traumatized. Yeah. I have my nervous system gets stuck on for various reasons. I have yeah. to constantly tell my body, no, 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 you're safe. Yes. You're safe. Yes. Um, and I really, I really always, you know, somebody once I was sharing something on TikTok and I brought up my mother and being estranged and they're like, why does the mother always get blamed? Why does the mother always get blamed? She literally was the only person I had to depend yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. She was, and I was in the same boat. She was the only person that we had to depend on and she. Iced us. Failed us. Iced us. Yeah. Ne came back when she was ready to, to, to have the lesson be over. It's freaking mm -hmm. disgusting. My favorite thing that people say is, oh, you cut your mom off. Your kids are going to cut you off too. And my response is always, back to your point, it's always the mother's fault. Guess what? I am the keeper of the relationship with my children. If we are estranged, it's on me. If, if I... It, if they have a problem with me, it's on me. I need to fix it. Do you know what I mean? If I have a problem with them, it's up to me to communicate with them. I, that's the biggest thing. And that's what I tell my children too. Like I'm the keeper of the relationship. If we're in a fight, I'm going to be banging on your door saying, let's talk about it. I'm not, it might take me a minute. I might need a minute, but it is going to be the mother's fault. And if I lose my children, God forbid, it'll be my fault. Right. I feel you know? the same. Yeah. I feel the same. Um, I, I would, I would basically say, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And how I, I, I will work on every single thing to make it better. Yep. Yep. Like that night, <laughs> like that night. And it's not easy to open yourself up to your kids because my kids have said some things like that. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, that's, that was ugly. And I, I, sorry, I did that. You know, it's, it's tough, but also I feel like once you do it, and like you said, once you own it, it's not that difficult. And then it makes us just look at our mothers like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like being yeah. humble and saying, I'm sorry to your child. Like that's, that's as easy as it is. Like that's all we fucking wanted. It's like, you know, I like, know. Uh, I, I'll be honest. My mother would actually say, sorry. She would own her, like she would say, I failed. She, she, yeah. she actually used to tell people and my, me and other people, oh, Gina raised herself. Gina raised herself. Like, and I think she meant it as like a, look how great she is. She raised herself. But I was like, I needed a mother. I mean, yeah. I still need a mother. Same. I still need a mother. I know. And, I, and, and, and I don't need her. Yeah, But I miss being nurtured. Like I have never, I don't really feel like I was, my grandmother nurtured me. Mm. My grandmother nurtured me. She was very gentle and she, I mean, she would stand between me and my mother when my mother would come after me. Um, and she was just this little bit of a woman and, you know, I'm very spiritual and I see a lot of signs of my grandmother and my aunt and my dad and, but, you know, that's the thing, you know, for people listening is there is a lot of grief 
there's grief regularly and I grieve regularly of this loss. And, you know, uh, something I brought up to some friends I was with last night, though, is we don't talk about, like, when someone's in a domestic violence situation, people are like, well, why didn't you leave? Why didn't they leave? Why did you stay? Why did you leave? But they never say that as it relates to family or a parent. Never. Mm-mm. And the other thing is, too, is, you know, as we grow and evolve and change as people, especially once where I, I always felt like I, I feel like I escaped from my mother's dome. Like, remember in the Jetsons, how the Jetsons lived in like yeah. the dome house? <laughs> yes. When I moved out of her house, I felt like I got out of her world. Wow. And it's a world I don't want to ever be back in. No, me either. But yeah, take me back to what you were saying about how you grieve. What are some oh, things yes. that you do? Because it's true. Sometimes I'll smell her perfume or I'll see a mother and a daughter or I'll see, a, you know, a mother taking care of her mother who's older, elderly, and I think I'm never going to do that. Um, you know, two questions. One how do you work through those moments when you're missing your mom? I try to mother myself. Mm. I try to mother myself. Um, you know, I grew up Catholic and my girls go to Catholic school, but it's not because I'm, uh, you know, straight laced Catholic by any means. I am not. <laughs> um, but, you know, I pray to Mother Mary yeah. because she's everybody's mother. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, so I, I do that and I journal a lot. Yeah. I write a lot of letters. I write a lot of like what I would say. Really? Um, uh, I write them. I keep them in a journal. Sometimes I rip them up. Um, mm. But, um, you know, sometimes I try to think about good things that she did, which it's hard to think of good things that she did. Yeah. But even, I mean, I uh, on a regular basis, my daughters will say, oh, did your mother do this? And I was like, no, she didn't. It, actually, she did hug me and she did kiss me. And um, it just wasn't in that parent-child way. It was either equal yes, or I. she sought solace and comfort from me. Yes. When... You know, when my grandmother died, she was a disaster and like literally like old school Italian was going to jump in the hole. And of course, here I am picking her up, tending to her, tending her, but like my mother died. Um, so, so I, I do like, it's really nothing connected to her. I don't have anything of hers. Um, I don't even like to think about her and, you know, her appearance or like her habits, but I just sort of take, I take any maternal love yes, that right? I can get. Yeah. I mean, I it's get. funny. I even go to the grocery store that has older people who shop there because just the interaction of a grandparent to my kids brings me to tears because my kids don't have that, you know? Yeah. And we were sitting waiting for a prescription and my four-year-old was like bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. And this, um, this lady said something like, oh, you be careful or I'll come home and bug you and I'll be your grandma. And I was like, don't say that. We don't, I felt bad when I said it because she was like, oh. I go, don't say that. He doesn't have any grandparents. He doesn't have any, any grandmas. Like, I'll put you in the car. I'm going to take you home. And she was like, I, know. I think she was a little stunned. Like, I was like, I'm sorry. That was really harsh. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't mean it to come out that way. I just meant, I wish we had, I wish yeah. you were hit. I wish we had that. And we don't. So it's like, we're battling the mother wound and we're battling going without. And then we see it down and it's like, oh shit. Like our, our kids don't have that either. 
I know, but I, you know, while you're talking, you know, my daughter sings in church. She has a beautiful voice. And mm. the woman who's the music director is a Nana. Oh. And she loves her like a Nana. Oh. And, and Emma actually said to me, she's like, I wish Cynthia could be our new Nana. <laughs> Tim, my daughter asks random people all the time. You want to be my grandma? <laughs> they, they do. They do. They there's been, you know, I, I and that's sort of another thing I do is I bring them around. Yes, women who are of this generation who yeah. are safe and nurturing. I I bring my daughters to a couple of different spiritual energy workers. Yeah, and I just see how, and I also have my stepmother and her mother, mm. who I was not allowed to love them as a child. I was not allowed to love them, but I see them now periodically. My girls see them and they dote on them like Mm. a mother and great, great grandmother and grandmother should. So I sort of take where I can find it. Yeah. Even if it's not the proper person. Yeah. I love that. What do you do in the moments? I know I particularly struggle when, I'm at a particularly difficult crossroads with one of my kids or, you know, I'm just feeling particularly low and, you know, you just want to talk to someone who's older than you. You just want to hear guidance from someone who's older than you. And I think that's what people don't get, which is the gravity of no contact. It's like, I I just, I, 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 I need someone older. I need, I need guidance. Like even just to tell me everything's going to be okay or just listen. You struggle with that? I do. And actually it's a similar thing where I sort of just let the angels come by and I'll give you an example. My husband and I are former. I, I, I mean, he still runs a lot. I am a former long distance runner. I don't do as much running anymore, but I was really running from all this unprocessed, unpacked trauma uh, when I was doing it. Um, And that's why I think my hip issue showed up aside from the, you know, Western medicine, biomechanical issues. Um, I think I needed to stop running so that I could face some of these things that I'm talking about. Interesting. That's interesting. But anyway, my my father-in-law passed away almost a year ago and not long after he passed a friend a former running friend of ours stop well, he's still a friend but we, a running colleague and um he came over and he was like oh it's my birthday and he's like i'm going to be 65 and that's how old my father-in-law would have been oh and this friend of ours has two grown boys they're in their mid to early to mid 20s and you know they have significant others and he's telling us and he looked at us he goes it's all gonna be okay he's like you're gonna you know he goes to concerts with his kid which were big music and concert our whole family's very musical and um you know he was the angel of the day the older wiser parent who's not just and, and he wasn't, you know, there's plenty of people who are like, oh, you just wait. Yeah, you right? just wait. I hate I don't, that. I don't want to hear that. Like, No. I, I am so grateful to my daughters for picking me to be their mom. Mm-hmm. Because and I, it is it is the hardest job, but I am so grateful to them for picking me and for forgiving me for my flaws and um, just, I, I just, I, I embrace the role, um, but it, it really was the turning point for me um, in this relationship with my mother and the greater family of just, I, I have to opt out and tend to my children, my husband and my own health. Amen, sister. All right. Second question. And this is a difficult one because you have been through a lot of loss and you're, so you, you've lost people who you love. And I know this is a stretch of a question, but 
because I get asked it all the time, you know, oh, how are you going to feel when, when she passes? And I haven't lost a parent yet. I, I don't know, you know, how do you, or I always think because my dad is a smoker, I'm going to get a phone call. That's like, oh, you know, your dad is dying. And, and my response is very cold. And I'm like, you don't get to treat me the way that you did in life and have me comfort you into death. And that's like, that's a cold bitch right there. But like, no, I'm not, you don't get to push me away. And then I'm going to sit at your bedside and make you feel better. Like, no, what's your, what's your stance on that? I know it's hard to answer because you don't, you, you know, you don't know what, how you're going to feel, where you're going to be. Of course we do. What do you think? Um, If, if she was sick and you get the call or if, and when you get the call that she's passed. I, I just, it's over. Like it's just been over. Um, yeah. I already decide, like, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to be anywhere. Um, I would never stand there and mourn. Right. What, what am I mourning? Right. What am I mourning? Yeah. People say, oh, will you go? I'm like, I grieved my mom when she walked out the door and I've been grieving her. Like, Same. give me a fucking Same. break. And then to be surrounded by yeah. people who should have told me I should have stuck around. Get out of here. Absolutely no. not. Uh no, I, I mean, I get get bits and pieces of like who's tending to her and who's caring for her. And I'm like, I are, I, I have said on many occasions, like, you know, a child has only so much mm-hmm. energy and will to parent their parent. Yes. And it was all it was all used up. Whoa. It was all used up. Wow. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. That's phenomenal. That is absolutely phenomenal. And so empowering and healing. Thank you for saying that. So I did a lot of parenting. I did a lot of parenting of her. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm tired. Mm. I'm tired. I I have I only can parent my children. Isn't that so true? So, so true. And, you know, when you mentioned how, you know, you had said like the angels bring you people to fill the gaps and to fill the holes. And I've thought that from the beginning, because I've always thought, you know, if I were giving myself right now to my mother or my stepdad or my brother or my, or my father, and they were taking all of that from me. First of all, I wouldn't have any energy to give to my children and the people that actually matter. But then it's amazing how when you remove the toxic people from your life, it does open the door to people who wouldn't have been in your life, wouldn't have been allowed to be in your life. You know, When my mother kicked my kids and I out and I lived with my boyfriend, um, his mom and dad became like my mom and dad. And I was close to my dad at the time. And I've long since broken up with the ex, but I still talk to his dad. I cry every time I hang up (laughs) because hearing that, you know, older voice and hearing that, yeah, I I called him one time in tears because I was having a problem Mm -hmm. with my 15-year-old. I'm like, I just need you to tell me it's going to be okay. That's all I need. And he's like, you're a great mom. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Sometimes it's just all we need to hear. But I wouldn't have had him in my life. Had I stayed where I was, had she not kicked me out, you know, and I think of all the people that we would miss out on and all the blessings that we would miss out on if we were still back in that toxic Jetson bubble. I know. uh, I feel that way about my stepmother and her mom. Like, um, they are like, my stepmother doesn't ask anything of me. Like, Mm. occasionally she'd be like, hey, do you think you can come down? Hey, do you think you can do this? Occasionally. But she literally demands nothing of me. She is so joyful when I show up mm. at her door and my, when the girls are with me and, you know, we, we're just spending the time with them and it's just so easy. And I just feel at this point in my life, like it, family shouldn't be hard. Yes. Right. So right. So, so true. You're so, so right. So what are you, what is your thought process? You said that you evaluate daily, this no contact journey. What are, what are the things that go, the conversation that happens in your head 
what prompts it? And then what do you go through in your head? Usually it's my girls are asking a question. And I always say, well, would you like to meet her? Mm. And then I sort of have the thought process of like bringing them to like a public place and sitting across from her and, um, you know, what that would be like. And I, I sort of think it would be nicey, nicey. And she would, you know, clutch them and hold them yes, like in dramatic oh, my glory. Babies. My uh, right. Oh. And, and then I think the next day it would be the same thing. And I would be so mad at myself for opening the door. Yes. Yes. Like I fell for it again. Yep. I won't yep. fall for it again. Nope. And I feel like the, all the time, we can't feel guilty for all the times that we did fall for it because it led us to the place we are now, you know, but holy shit. Yes. It's like, we, we, we know it's what's going to happen. Like, absolutely not. I'm so glad you said that. I never, I, I, I get like little inklings of information and I got one probably in the last two or three months. And I was like, wow, still the same person, still yeah. not changed. Nope. And I can't change her. And I think that has been a healing part of my healing is like, I can't change people. Yeah. And I think I tried desperately to change her. You were responsible for her your whole life. Of course. Right. Right. And I just, I cannot allow that near my children. Good for you, mama. And I, and I don't know if it's you, you said it or I've seen it. It's like, we owe our kids a uh, content and happy parent not a grandparent mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so true so to wrap our time up my sweet friend what are some things just some pearls of wisdom that you've learned in your on your no contact journey and dealings with your toxic family for someone who is struggling right now who maybe just went no contact you know what can you tell them you're way ahead of the road, uh, down the road yes. than they are? What can you say to them? You're not alone. Every time, you know, I used to share a lot more about it, but I haven't in a while. But um, every time I have shared about my estrangement, someone has reached out to me like, I am too. Thank you for sharing. Um, it makes me feel less alone when you share. And um, so one, you're not alone. Two, you're not a bad person. You're not a bad person for protecting yourself. And if you have children, protecting your children. And, you know, I come from a raised in a religion that says honor your mother and father and I can't honor someone who hurt me so bad. And I will stand in my position of judgment, whomever that is, and say that. And I have, I feel in my belly when I say that I cannot honor someone who hurt me so much. So, you know, it's, I, there, I think there's a lot of religious pressure and um, a lot of family pressure, you know, Family systems are powerful. Yeah. And I have no doubt I've heard bits and pieces and there's a lot of like um, elephant in the room. You know, I still am in contact with some cousins and whatnot. Um, it's, it's very powerful to step out of that system, but I had to step out of that system. And I mean this, I, I genuinely, I always say, I wish you the best. I wish you the best to mm -hmm. everyone because the universe will decide what that is. And it's, it's and healing God. for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for I don't you. need to spew negative. And, and, and actually one of my daughters said, well, they, she used the word, well, I hate your mother. And I said, I don't even, I don't want you to use your energy for hate. That's, that's you beautiful. don't have to do that for me. Yes. I, I said, love that. I'm okay. I said, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. 
You don't Perfect. have to do that for me. And I don't want you putting that energy in your body. That was beautiful. That was so beautiful because yeah. it validated her, but it also let her know that it's not her battle. You know, mom's okay. Mom's all right. Yeah. Mom's got it. You know, I love yep, that. Exactly. Beautiful, exactly. beautiful response. Gina, thank you so much for being here. Terry, thank you for letting me share my story. And um, yes. to your listeners, um, you know, I you can find me on social media. And if you need to have a friend and just say, mm-hmm. I want no contact with my mom, I will support you. Like, oh, I will support I love you. That. It's, it's, and no one who goes no contact with their mother ever wanted to do it. Yeah. Ah, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So... Any resources that you have, I'll link your Instagram account, anything that you've found helpful that I can share with everyone would be fantastic. Uh, It Didn't Start With You is a great book. Love that book. Uh, It Didn't Start With You also, um, uh, oh, Mother Hunger is a great Mm. book. Mother Hunger is a great book. Um, It talks, it's essentially about the mother wound and, you know, sort of the missing pieces that you didn't, you may not have received in your mothering. Um, but you know, uh, I, I really think if you have gone no contact with a parent, a family, um, you need to get support for yourself and love the hell out of yourself. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for everything that you've shared. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being so brave and powerful and, it's not easy reliving. I can see it during our conversation. You know, both of us were like, <laughs> you know, it's know. like, like it's it just, yeah, like they just incite this visceral ah, response. So thank you for walking through and reliving all of that with me. And I'm sure you've been so helpful to everyone who listens. So thank you so much thank for you being for having here. Me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Of course. Okay. And cheers till next time, friends. <laughs>